You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine breaking F1 podcast. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, welcome back, everybody. Episode 43, the Las Vegas Grand Prix review. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you're wondering where did we get these sweet jackets? Well, our, our buddy Willow, aka Willow Creative, who does awesome cosplay, like absolutely insane cosplay stuff. Definitely check her out. Uh, she was like, hey, let me sort you out. So we did. So uh We've got official, unofficial jackets, so we're back. Welcome to the stream. My name is Blake. I'm joined by Dan, aka Engine Mode 11, and together we are two parts of the most fraudulent Formula One podcast. So we're uh, we're glad. We are indeed. And viewers and listeners, obviously I may look incredibly glamorous, uh, but you may hear in my voice I am absolutely uh, fucked at the minute. My kids have brought home... It's the season where they bring back all the disease from their school. Uh, so I'm absolutely hanging tonight. So uh, if I look a little bit out of it, it's because I didn't have a measuring spoon for the medicine. So I just guessed it. <laughs> and I definitely guessed wrong. So yeah. this could be good. Dan's, Dan's like two bottles deep on the hard stuff of uh, the cough medicine. So uh, you know what? You got anything left? Because I might need some. But I've um, always got something for you, mate. Uh, so what are we going to do today? Today, we're going to talk through, I don't think there's any crazy news going on. We're going to go through, of course, the Las Vegas Grand Prix review. Um, I've actually got sent some notes from my buddy, John, who is a track marshal that I met in Austin. And I, just his point of view from boots on the ground, what it was like um, being there throughout the whole weekend, even through the buildup. We'll go through um, Fraud Watch and Engine Mode Good Boy, where we nominate a fraud and a good boy from the weekend isn't necessarily a boy. It could be a drain cover, for example. But there's no drain covers that are good boys this weekend. Uh, and then we'll pick our teams for random fandom for next week. So are you guys ready for it? But I think the biggest news is we've got one race left this season. And on one hand, kind of sad. <laughs> on the other no, hand, no, you know. On the other hand, I'm I'm really ready for a break to go back reset. The teams, they'll get a couple months to uh, finish putting together their new cars, but it's its not too long before we're testing again. So, uh, you know what? Hell. You told me it's so easy doing this content creator life that you just wish the season never ends. Sorry, I was just rebooting after listening to that load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But anyway... Ah, a huge shout out to Mike Litteris in the chat. The 70s called and they want their jacket back. That's pretty good. Um, I should introduce you to my buddy, Mike. Mike Hawk. You guys would get along really well. Jesus <laughs> Why don't we, I don't know, let's start. Start a little bit top level. Let's get into the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Max's was very, out, Max Verstappen was very outspoken this weekend about the Grand Prix. At first, seemingly detached and switched off and completely over it. And there were some people throwing around the idea that, you know, maybe if the season was 18 races, maybe he wouldn't be like this. Maybe it's a little bit of burnout. And I could see that. But later in the weekend, we got a bit of a 
I don't remember which press conference it was, but it was a little bit of a, he's like, I hope you guys have some time because I'm going to talk for a minute. He went on for two minutes being what I thought was quite detailed and, and thoughtful and clear about his uh, grievances with the direction F1 is taking, which is embodied by this. What did you, what did you think of that clip, Dan? Uh, I think he was spot on. I think, you know, when he initially come out and he was like, oh, we just, just like, middle fingers to everything. Yeah, yeah. We just look like clowns. I mean, like, I, arguably, I, I agree. You know, I kind of the whole Thursday opening ceremony. I'm not the target audience for that. I didn't enjoy it. It's well, I, not my sort of thing. But you, you've hit the nail on the head with that statement. You identify and recognize that you're not the target audience for that, and you're not saying other people can't enjoy it. You just simply said, "That's not for me." No, but he's two-minute little speech, and I, I very nearly clipped it and was going to insert it into this, but frankly, I think F1 hate us enough as it is, so we better not Probably. We better not take their copyrighted material. Um, mm. But yeah, everything he said in there, he was just like, oh, Vegas doesn't have that sort of, the emotion or the passion of the traditional tracks. And I was like, yeah, spot on, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh so yeah, I, I fully agreed with what he had to say. But I, I think that to, to that point, I agree with that. And then a further point is, it's like we're trying to build these sideshows to get people excited about motor racing. And it kind of has felt like this weekend that motor racing was the sideshow. And I, I you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's like make this to appeal to these people, get some excitement, get some hype and bring these people in. But at the same time, it's like what we're getting, you know, using, using these gimmicks to get people excited about the product, because quite frankly, the product isn't that great this season. And I, and on one hand, Max has been insanely dominant. He's destroyed everybody, including his teammate. He's won the Constructors' Championship outright on his own in a single car. But then, I don't know. I can't, you can't just forget that Max is there and focus on the rest of it because nobody else is. The TVs aren't, and the TV broadcasts aren't treating it like that. So... I don't yeah, know. I mean, someone on Twitter, I, I posted out a thing on the Friday, on the Thursday, saying, "Oh, the opening ceremony, production-wise, it's it looks fantastic." But yeah, it's amazing. But I'm really not interested in this. I just want to see some racing. Uh, someone very rightfully called me out and was just like, "It's Vegas, you moron! What did you expect?" And I was like, "You know what? It's a very good point. What the hell did we expect?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they did Vegas a service, but I I think like all the new tracks that we've added are basically these effectively soulless street circuits. Now, I think we'll get onto it. I, I don't we're think we've done the street circuits, F1, Liberty Media. We don't want any more. We're done. We've we've well met the quota for street circuits, right? Let's get Hockenheim back. Let's let's work on some of the old school tracks. Um, Kiam, uh, can't ever pronounce it. Kalami? That's the one, the South African one. Bring back, come on. Bring back kimchi and konnichiwa. Wait, what? No, Kailami. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Monaco's shit as well. So good. No, but like, I, 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 I get his point. But here's here's the other thing. And I want to. I know we we're in eight minutes in. I haven't even talked about the Grand Prix itself. But I binged the Braun documentary this weekend. It's on Hulu and Disney Plus. And it was just because that was probably I started watching F1 in two thousand and seven. I haven't been watching it my entire life. I didn't watch it, start watching it until I was about 18. And that story from the Braun car was about when I started really, really following Formula One. And that story, 
it doesn't need the the drive to survive narrative it doesn't need that so yes drive to survive did bring all the eyes onto the, the sport and it's been great for it coupled with lockdown huge but there's no substance to it most of the time once people start watching to it well, once people start watching Formula One, they realize most of the narratives from Drive to Survive are nonsense anyway, like literally manufactured. So it's like, it serves a point. I'm not going to bash it, but why why aren't we focusing on other things? Yeah. Like some of the amazing shit that has happened, like that whole Braun arc from 2009, not just cheap tricks and like, oh my God, check out what happened. But I think at the end of the day, Formula One needs to make sure that it has a better product for longevity and focus on the more interesting parts of the conversation, not the stuff that's over tomorrow. Like, get people invested. Yeah. And, you know, there's be, there'll be people listening to this and they're like, oh, I got into F1 through Drive to Survive. Good. No, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I know if you go online, it's all a bit toxic. Like, oh, you're a Drive to Survive fan yeah, or whatever. People like that. Who gives a shit, man. Honestly, I don't. And I, 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 I had to wind my neck in because I was like, you know, there's someone said something really stupid and I was like, of course it's somebody with a driver profile picture and a bunch of driver names in their, in their comments oh, yeah. or the username. And I was like, you know what? That's actually not fair because, you know, I think the only problem I had with that is people that are obviously into the sport and they're just getting in arguments with people about stuff that they clearly haven't spent that much time, but I don't know. I think I think that was unfair of me, and I think I need to uh, be a little yeah. bit more thoughtful about that. Yeah, I think this weekend I went through the same arc as Verstappen in where <laughs> the first day and the Friday I was like, this is bullshit, get this circuit off my calendar, this is an affront to F1. And then by the Sunday I was like, actually, this serves a purpose. I understand it's, you know, it's one race. Uh, you know, it, it turns out it was the third most watched race of the year so far in America. I think it's the top American race that was watched in America. So it all serves a purpose, you know. So it actually wasn't actually that bad at the end of the day. I thought the race was actually all right. Yeah. For a street circuit, it could have been a lot worse. I'll be honest. I think it looks it's massive question mark over what's the point of Miami now. <laughs> I honestly yeah I'm I'm with that like geographically they can both exist right because what is it like 2,000 miles between Vegas and Miami the, the very England head like mindset where I just think everything's an hour's drive away at a maximum I keep forgetting America is just like 8 hours and you're not even at the other end of it yeah but I think at the same time they probably priced a lot of their their new audience completely out of the event until last minute. It's like, oh, let me fly two thousand miles last minute to go to an event because hotels and you know grandstand tickets are now affordable. So, speaking of John or Erkin from the Marshall that I met in Austin, who was in Vegas, here's his notes building up to the event from Tuesday. So Tuesday was lots of promo from events and teams. Um, the Vegas Strip was less busy than anticipated with fans. There weren't that lot of people, but it was very clear right away that Vegas was going all in. From Wednesday, visitor traffic started to increase and a lot more pop-ups and promotional events. All the teams were doing stuff. Uh, Thursday, the, the hotels and traffic start to ramp up massively. Then obviously, free practice one, drain cover sketch. Uh, but in general, Friday attendance, 
even before people getting booted out, which we'll come back to, was not particularly high. And and it was at you know super late in the evening to start with. Um, Friday, free practice three, I think it was just busier, nothing else. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of the most of it that he, he went through. So it was interesting to see the buildup, but I'm interested to see how this pans out next year. How are they going to pitch ticket price? Same thing. It's going to be, look at it. The 24 hours of Lamar is already sold out immediately. And you, you know, like if we talk about like mainstream coverage of the 24 hours of Lamar, it's there, but it's not as prominent as Formula One. But at the same time, holy shit, if you haven't been to the 24 Hours of Lamar, steal some tickets from somebody because it's a, it's an experience and a half. Absolute banger. Yeah. So, yeah, like you say, talking about Vegas, it wasn't a sellout. Um, mm. And it was noticeably quiet during the free practice. <laughs> well, it was very noticeably quiet during FP2. <laughs> let's, 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 let's get into the weekend then, because that, that's, if you, if you haven't followed the weekend, but we'll fill you in. So free practice one. How long, into, how many, how many, how far into the session did we get? Uh, we got, I believe the official time is a whopping entire nine minutes. So there was a drain cover that came loose and it's not that they didn't weld the drain covers down the drain covers had retaining mechanisms but from the photos i saw it looks like the retaining sleeve that was into the tarmac yielded with the drain cover lid that punched a hole in the bottom of carlos Sainz's car destroyed his power unit his energy store lots of other shit apparently you could see the ground through the car and max made a comment in a presser that kind of went under the radar carlos was like yeah I couldn't feel my legs for a while, or Max said that he said that. So I'm like, yeah, yikes. Big time. But was it not, uh, again, this is the cold and flu medicine kicking in. Was oh, it not yes. Ocon that initially dislodged it and then signs hit it? Probably, yeah. Because was it Ocon had to have a chassis change because it hit him as well. That's um, weird that, that, that we didn't get any news. Like, we heard very little about Ocon after the day. Yeah. That's... Very dramatic footage uh, from a trackside camera of Carlos hitting it. It's just like a massive yeah. explosion of sparks. Ooh. and it's Yeah, it was loud as well if you had the sound turned up. But yeah. uh, the track intimidated signs, 10-second penalty for that one. Wow. I was apparently Ocon hit it after. Okay, sorry. It's the cold and flu medicine. It's messing my head It is up the already. cold and flu medicine. Yeah. So I think free practice two was delayed until something like 2.30 a.m. local time. And it was held under no fans because it sounds like from personnel staffing and clearing the stands and circuit and facilities in time to open up the roads again they couldn't manage it unless they kicked everybody out so but that's great because if you if you were there on a friday only ticket you got a refund oh no i'm just kidding you didn't you didn't get a refund you get a 200 merch voucher which gets you i think half of a baseball cap usually at formula one with the prices, Mate, some of the photos that people were putting online of the prices, it was like some of some of the Ferrari stuff was like six hundred dollars for a jacket. Oh no, mate! I don't even pay that for my entire contents of my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> oh my if god! If I spent six hundred pounds on a single item of clothing, I'd be sick. Yeah. As painfully apparent as everyone that's watching this can say, yeah, Dan, you clearly don't spend money on clothes. Yeah. You're right, I don't. I've given up on life, chat. I've given up on life. I've procreated. 
I've got three children that give me viruses. I've done, I'm done in life. I'm just waiting for the end. Just rocking in my little room. No Ferrari jacket for you, basically. So yeah, free. So the, the promoters said no refunds. They didn't basically, and there was a discussion about the wording of the non-apology apology letter, by which apologizing would imply blame and then give people legal rights. But don't worry, because there's a class action lawsuit in Nevada against the promoter, which is Formula One. It's yeah. not a track. Vegas the one owned has this. legitimized itself as an American F1 circuit by getting its first lawsuit <laughs> within 10 minutes. Yeah. So free practice two, uh, Leclerc was a rocket ship. He was half a percent ahead of Alonso. Alpha Tauri were absolutely nowhere off of, you know, we're thinking they're back last week and now they're off the back of that with Alpine and McLaren. Uh, Williams, top speed monster, uh, along with Bottas as well. And then McLaren and Mercedes on the slower end of the top speeds and mid-range in terms of performance. Free practice two was mostly um, a medium and high fuel running in preparation for the race. And then free practice three, uh, people getting ready, basically dress rehearsal for qualifying, low fuel runs on the medium and soft, and teams trying to figure out the run plan approach. And yeah, Russell Russell leads Piastri in the session uh, while Ferrari are towards the back which is a good preparation for what we got on Saturday yeah. or in qualifying. Oh, wait. Yeah, Not really. I, rolling it back to FP2, that got extended to 90 minutes. Correct. Which yeah. was the old traditional length of time it took. And they yeah. used to do 90 minutes FP sessions. Did you watch FP2 live? Or did you catch um, up? I, when you no, say not, watch not it, it was turned on, but I was not spiritually right. present for... Yeah. No context, cars driving in circles with no idea what fuel load they're on, what I've, lap time. I, I forgot how long 90 minutes really was. Yeah, it's the, I, I, I get, as an engineer, I didn't mind them because you got a lot of useful data. Yeah. But as a, as a watching free practice two on TV, it's more throw it up in the background and see if anything cool happens. It's not lock in for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I just, I watched it live and I was like, damn, I forgot. This is what the 90-minute sessions were like. <laughs> so it just took forever. But yeah. yeah, it did. So b- before we get into qualifying, um, considering the circuit and its lack of preparation caused Sainz's issue with his car, there were no uh, concessions in the regulation. Sainz takes a 10-place grid penalty because he changed um, the power unit and the energy store. So, you know, there's a huge argument that that should have been outside of the rules. But let's say it was an engine and, you know, power unit on its last leg, on its last race. And something happens, you know, force majeure. You fit a new one. Do you fit an equally aged one? And I. Yeah, it's it's so complicated this because. Like you have. Like. These F1 teams have got like a thousand people working in the factory and like a hundred people are there to read the regulations and then there's another hundred people just to find the loopholes in them. Like the second you put force majeure in there, the teams are going to find a way to abuse it. Like I think it's massively harsh. Yeah. But I also completely understand why that provision's not in there. I don't know how you fix it. I mean, 
you just stick yeah. a line in there that says, oh, if a drain cover hits your car, you get a freebie. But, you know, like, how long is that list going to be by the time you define everything? And then you know but there is definitely going to be an instance that falls outside of it. So then you're back at, you know, stage one again. So I, it's a shit show. I'm with you. No, I'm with you on that one totally. So, bah, bah. All right, let's, let's get into qualifying. So, you know, before the race weekend, we were, we were like, in the, the forecasts, the, the forecast like two weeks out was for like ambient temperatures, like in the 40s Fahrenheit or like five degrees Celsius. At the end of the day, the track temps we had through the weekend were about 14 to 18 degrees Celsius, which I think is in the 50s. So it's not freezing, but it's very outside of the normal thing in which these tires operate. And let's let's that was quite clear that that was having people over and they weren't quite sure what to do. So qualifying one it was a mix of drivers doing a single new tire, just going fast, slow, fast, trying to build temperature in the bulk of the tire and then teams going fast, slow, fast in lap and then fitting a second tire um and it was it was like there was teams that got knocked out that did a single run there was teams that made it through to q2 on a single run um norris horrible out sunoda piastri joe Ocon, and, and norris all knocked out in q1 and that's interesting when we look at piastri's performance in the race but I, I think in general when you see a, a split of run plans like that the teams are trying to compromise two things so how much surface temperature building, how much degradation you're getting, like so chemical compound changes from heating and stressing the tire and then losing performance. And then you're trying to do enough laps to get heat in the bulk of the tire because the tire is just leaching temperature out into the tarmac through conduction. It's cooling down from the ambient air and the track has a couple high-speed corners, tops, it's long straights, which basically just bleed tire temperature. So surface temperatures are dropping massively. Carcass temperatures are dropping on the straights as well. But yeah, that, that was... And their these tires as well, which are covered in dirt and grime from being used every day. Yeah. I don't feel like it wasn't that apparent that it was like this super, super slick, like Turkey slash Austin mm. its first year. But I, I might have just missed the context of that. But... That was interesting. Into Q2, again, a mix of drivers doing two runs versus a single run, and we lost Ricardo, Stroll, Hulkenberg, Perez, and Hamilton. And that was an interesting one because there was a conversation between Hugh and Jekko, and their plan was to go out and be in sync with everybody else. And they boxed at the end of the run. But the people that they went out in sync with were the people that were doing two runs anyway, and Checo only did a single run. So he was he was hopelessly down in terms of uh, performance. I'm just trying to load up his lap times there, but I mean he was yeah, that was that was not ideal. Uh, Checo's time was a 33.8, and everybody else like the top of that session was five six tenths faster than him. Max was only three tenths faster in Q2, but fine margins and uh not enough to not be out there on the track when it was at the best because there was a huge amount of track evolution through that yeah strange it was a very strange one yeah i didn't yeah i didn't expect i think they were expecting everybody else to go out on the same program and there are people that went out on a scrub tire and fit a new at the end and they were there when the track had ramped up even more and Checo's tires were tired and everything else but uh q3 sorry i have to interrupt you uh cat update a cat has just entered Blake's room, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hi, Sterling. Have you had dinner, buddy? No? I think you have had dinner. Okay, Sterling has said hello. <laughs> um, so, Q3. Leclerc signs Verstappen. I did not have... I didn't not have Ferrari front row on my bingo card. I think we kind of knew on the, the speedy tracks, the high efficiency. We saw in Monza, they were pretty strong. Russell, P4. Gasly, P5 was not on my card. Again, the Alpine doing that good straight line speed. But they, they go back and forth between slippy car and kind of like draggy, not particularly quick car. Um, Albon, P6. Sergeant, P7. Let's Come go. on, Alvin and Sergeant. But uh, Bottas and Magnussen P8 and 9, as usual, they disappear into, <laughs> like, yeah. And then Alonso P10. The, uh, the Haas special where they build a quick car and then completely compromise their race. Mm. It seems to be a recurring theme with them, bless them. Well, it's it's interesting, and I had this chat with somebody else, and I'm, I'm getting, like, imposter syndrome. Was this my thought or somebody else's thought? And we shared the same brain on this one, but... It's interesting that two cars with the worst degradation on the grid have the same suspension. Mm. But a little bit of foreshadowing, Ferrari didn't have that problem. Or at least at least Leclerc didn't, because he was fucking fast, boy. So let's uh let's let's so performance trends. An interesting thing that I noted over the last four events since the USA Grand Prix, Red Bull has been slowly dropping back in single lap qualifying performance. I think Las Vegas is an outlier, but it's literally a 10%, a 10%, a 10% each of the last couple of races. Um, McLaren were like 2.2% off of pole. And yes, there was a huge amount of track evolution, but they haven't been that far off of pole since Miami and Australia. Australia was another cold track. Zach Brown was on the radio on the intercom on the broadcast saying like, yeah, I kind of just, um, yeah, we kind of expected it. You know, our car is not that great in low speed corners and there's lots of straights, but when you're 2% off of pole and their recent form is about half a percent off pole or closer, they fuck something up. If you go look at their straight line speed and qualifying, that is not where they were losing time. Mm. You look at, you look at their grip and through the corners, nowhere. I, I'll have to go and check this out because this is one of those things that I read on Twitter and who knows how true it was. But someone said that the McLaren was running uh, like a Monza spec bodywork because they pretty much decided to sacrifice Vegas with all the other upgrades they've bought. They were like, yeah, fine, we'll just bring Monza to Vegas, whatever. I don't I'm, know, I'm not sure like, how true that is. I haven't verified it. but I, I mean, if it's an efficiency thing... And there's a body work that's good for efficiency and straights and a couple of low speed corners. That would totally make sense. But I don't. I, I, bottom line, there were a lot of teams struggling like fuck with tire preparation. You could see that by the fact that teams doing two two laps or two runs versus a single run, trying to build temperature. They completely cocked up the tire prep. Is is the only thing I can think. Um, yeah. So Mercedes consistently about. 0.4 to 0.5% off of the fastest lap, their performance in qualifying was actually quite normal for you know the second half of the season. Nothing stand out. I mean, and Russell P4 wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, I think that I think a lot of that was down to tires and people not getting them 
optimized having a compromise Friday. Yeah, first weekend, did, uh, yeah. new street circuit as well. It always brings challenges. Yeah, yeah. but um, interesting. But since since we're uh, getting ready to go to the race, why don't we take a quick break? Would you like to hear a word from our sponsors? Maybe. Mm. I would. I know I would. Well, I've got some bad news for you because I've had What's so that? much cough medicine, I'm not actually sure which button it is. So uh, let's try this one. Yes, it's that time again for a word from our sponsors, NordVPN. You know them by now. It's a product that me and Blake have used long before this podcast was even a thing. And we are very thankful for their ongoing support to the podcast and for you listeners. If you're tired of being geo-blocked on Netflix and uh, things like that, then you need yourself NordVPN and you can get yourself an exclusive discount off your plan and four months for free. All you've got to do is go to nordvpn.com slash engine. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you doing? Come on, they've been with us for nearly a year now. If you haven't got it by now, what are you waiting for? So that's nordvpn.com slash engine. Thank you. Thank you. Chat is so happy for me that I managed to get that right on the first button press. Thank you, chat. I couldn't do this without you. And uh, while i got to uh, blow my nose, Blake, why don't you tell people how they can catch us live? You can catch us live on YouTube, obviously. You can have to long it out than that, mate. I've just got the tissue out of the box. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll get into the race because, yeah. And if you're watching this, if you're listening to us, don't forget we also stream these live on the Engine Breaking YouTube channel. So don't forget. But I'm going to, I've got some time. We're going to get into the race, but... If you really, really, really want to get into the race data, I've released two free newsletter articles over on buymeacoffee.com front slash break. That's B-R-R-R-A-K-E or just go to break.com. Um, I did the entire race summary, like a strategic performance analysis point of view. And I also did a detailed breakdown of Leclerc and Perez at the end of the race and overtaking each other. So definitely, definitely definitely check that out you will not you will not regret it it's like literally bullet pointed summary and then if you go a little layer deeper then a little layer deeper um and i publish those race and qualifying reports every weekend usually um to members but for the price of a coffee a month it's not it's not too bad and you'll know more than all your mates about formula one even though i i miss a lot of the important stuff because yeah but anyway know more about f1 than i do for fuck's sake that's not very hard but <laughs> um, so let's so, talk about it race shenanigans lap one Verstappen bullies Leclerc off track offline overtake four. runs out of track uh, Alonso Spinalas Perez gets front wing damage Sunoda Stroll and Piastri all avoid the carnage and have insane starts I think what do let's you talk think? about the, what let's do you talk think, about the big was, man all right, big. All right, boss man. <laughs> now I just need a kebab if I say boss man shit. Yes, boss. All right, boss. I need a kebab. I've I've got some tomato pasta downstairs, <laughs> but I'm gonna go drive out and get a dirty kebab tonight. Fuck it. Um, but let's let's talk about their stamp and penalty because it goes something like this. It goes investigated lap one for pushing uh, Leclerc off the track. Valid, intentional or not, it happened. That's a fact, right? Now, 
back in the day, they would often be like, oh, you know, like, you know, can you give that back? But now it's just fucking bang, five second penalty. The thing was, though, we had what, two, three laps of safety, it's VSC, and then two, three laps of uh, safety car. Should we, should you just give the position back? Should, like, what, what should the de facto thing be? Should you get the position back? Should you get five second penalty? Or the further statement is, the five second penalty is noted by many as being far too lenient, considering you can just bully your way through in some instances. So, mm. give me, give me, give me your... Ah, this is a tough one. It is. No, it is. I, I do. I completely agree. It's a tough one. Mm. Should you give the place back? Right, that's your only option. Give the place back. Because if there's a lot of cases where if you give the place back, you're going to lose more than just that place you've given back because of just the flow of the circuits and the proximity of other cars. We've seen it before, I think, in a couple of races ago. Was it, um, I want to say one of the Alpines or something had to give a place back and they got jumped by an Aston or something as well. <laughs> I don't know. It was something like that. I vaguely remember it, but... Oh, man. I think, I think Actually, giving gonna, the place I'm gonna back be, is... I'm going to take the real pussy option and say there's no easy way of making this fair. I, I don't think you're wrong, bro. I, I think... Let's, Giving the place back is not always possible because what if you overtake someone by by means of pushing them off track and then you overtake another car? Do you have to give both places back? Or what if that person has to spin and they go back? Like, what do you do? It's like, then there's like, if this, then that, if this, then that. I think if you're in a fast car and you are out of the gaggle of cars, a five-second penalty is fair. Or sorry, a five-second penalty is lenient. But imagine you're pack racing in the midfield. Five seconds Five, is like... Do you remember signs in Melbourne? Yeah. Yeah, it could be like three, four positions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. Why don't we just agree as former Red Bull employees that Max Verstappen should get away with everything? Why don't we just feed into that conspiracy and toxicity? No. No, nah, I don't think so. I'm going to I mean, he... it. Max Verstappen did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my he God. Never has. Yeah. Uh, speaking of why we got the safety car, after the virtual safety restart, Norris shunts uh, and causes a huge safety car situation. It looks like low grip after the VSC, a bump and slightly loaded up over the bump, and he just yeeted it, man. Like, that's not really a Lando thing, is it? No, it had all the hallmarks of, uh, like you say, hitting a bump and unsettling the car because it just looked like one of my many crashes in iRacing. I was like, oh, I've, I've crashed like that a lot of times. Yeah, but I know, I could walk you through that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. Was, that was unfortunate because I really would have liked to have seen what uh, Lando could have done. Around lap 17, sciences engineers are talking to him about overheating, and that's one of the things people like, it's like 14, 15 degrees. How are you overheating? It's like when the, the ambient temperatures are that cold, you have to blank up the radiators and close up the bodywork so the engine can generate temperature. You can't run the engine at five degrees Celsius. So whatever situation they put themselves in, Signs was uh, struggling with engine cooling, it looks like. So they was like, hello, mate, pull out of the toe. Uh, I'll just go back one step. Ooh. Someone in the chat has asked, was Norris offline at all during his bump and shunt? 
That is a good question because why did it only happen to him and no one else? Um, the quick skill answer issue. is I don't know. Skill issue. Skill issue. Fuck. You just said to me you weren't going to feed into the toxicity. <laughs> you fucking fraud. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I don't High fuel loads. Maybe other drivers were warned about that area. I don't know. Is the quick. The quick mm. answer to that, unfortunately, I don't. I don't know the full details of that one. So, yeah. So let's talk about the next shenanigan we had. Lap seventeen to eighteen, Hamilton Piastri collide. So Hamilton comes through on Piastri, and Piastri's front left wheel touches Lewis's right rear wheel, and Piastri boxes immediately. Hamilton stays out. After crossing the pit lane entry, he finds out that he has a puncture, so he loses about 20 seconds trundling around to bring the car back in for a stop. And that, I'm not really sure the outcome of that on his race, but let's put it this way. Losing 20 seconds never is going to help your race, that is for sure. <laughs> no. no, even I mean, when they were like in their domination era, 20 seconds was still like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But that was um, that was interesting because it was like it wasn't one of those things. Like that was one of those you you come through. Piastri's trying not to give up too much time, and they just tap wheels. I I feel like that's one of those easy racing incidents. Unfortunately, it did result in a puncture for both of them. Again, didn't look malicious, but yeah, you know. no, it was like the smallest of taps as well, and it caused yeah, all that. And it was and it and it was wheel to wheel. I'm. I'm not certain this is a thing, but I'm going to lean into it. The idea that these, the way these rims and tires are set up is fucking sketch, honestly. Yes, I agree. There is too many instances of carcasses separating from the tire and the rim splitting where the tire joins the wheel. Mm. That has happened a lot. And did we not, did we not see it? In FP2 or FP1? Someone might someone have been their wheel, didn't they? Was it one of the Williams? Uh, Albon, the, I believe. The cold and flu medicines kicked in again, so I don't know if I've just made that up. No, I think I think it did happen. We did lose... Uh, yeah, it just cracked the entire outer lip of the wheel off, and then the tire just goes, hey, yeah. see you later. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, we've, we've seen that damage that can happen, right? We saw that tire Melbourne. in Brazil smash the back of Danny Rick's car. Yeah, or in uh, in Melbourne when there was a chunk of wheel rim that hit some dude in the crowd. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, no, he got away fine. with it. Like he just had a couple of cuts on his arm, but good story to mm. tell. Yeah. So fast forward a bit, lap twenty five, Russell Verstappen contact. Um, I I, I leaned it. People are like, I can't believe Verstappen did that. Um, Russell gets a five second penalty and some people are like nah and then after the race Russell's like yeah mate I just didn't see him there that was totally on me so I think that one was kind of clear um, Verstappen gets front wing damage but he just pisses off into the distance anyway and that was after Max served his five second penalty to stop so he's kind of got a little uh, get a little regain on to come back through but he, yeah. he managed his way pretty quickly through traffic unfortunately that collision did cause a substantial amount of debris, which pulled out our next safety car, which screwed a bunch of people's races up massively, uh, namely Oscar Piastri. But yeah, mm. Leclerc also really didn't do too handsomely from that because Max 
fit a new medium or sorry, new hard. Checo stopped for his hard tire and it's like, yay. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the safety car to clean that up. But yeah, let's, let's dig into a couple threads from the race. Um, Perez race was pretty good to finish, you know, fighting for the podium spot or so fighting for the second step on the podium, honestly, um, up until the very last lap where Leclerc uh, saw an opportunity Mucked and him right off. Yeah, Perez did not. Perez just gave him the opportunity, it looked like. But that was some good racing. I did enjoy that. Yeah, um, yeah good racing. But so Perez basically, though, he's on a medium at the race start, right? And after that safety car, he boxes for or no race start. He has wing damage and he boxes. He goes onto a hard and he just splits the race into two hard stints. And his second pit stop is under the safety car. So it's like, ka-ching, bosh. That was pretty good. Um, Verstappen first stint on the medium. He struggled like hell with graining. Max did 16 laps and he suffered quite a bit. Leclerc went all the way and did 21 laps before pitting for the hard. And like Leclerc just kept going. Max's, Max's tires were absolutely fucked. So this is one of those times when we see the Ferrari doing its tire destroying thing. Yay. Actually probably putting enough energy and heat into the tires to <laughs> skip it the graining phase. them because the temperatures were so cool and the ambient was so cool. That's the only thing I can think is that whatever Charles did or the car did combined with him, <laughs> they, they were they they were able to have pace and not oh, have to worry about graining. I didn't even I, think I, about that, but yeah, yeah, now you said it, it makes complete sense. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Perez leads both of them after uh, Verstappen and Leclerc pit. Leclerc leads at the safety car because both the Red Bulls stop for new tires, and then Perez and Leclerc basically tangle back and forth entirely until the end of the race. And Verstappen just cuts straight through both of them. He doesn't waste too much time with them at all. And if you want to see again, if you want to see a detailed breakdown of what that race looks like with telemetry and like arrows and text pointing at stuff and explaining what it is, uh, check out buymeacoffee.com/break. But I've got a couple underrated drives from the race. In it. Stroll, P19 to P5. Yeah. Huge start, avoiding all the mess. And he was on a similar strategy as Sainz and Perez. So Sainz obviously wasn't able to make the Perez strat work as well, or the, the same sequence of stops, early stop, and then splitting the race on hards. That was awesome. The second one, Esteban Ocon, P16 to P4. Similar hard one-stop strategy, but they were on the full, like, commit to a one-stop. Run the medium, Run it until it's run to the ground, pit, and go onto a hard. Yeah, but they, they strong recovery drive after being terrorized by Max Verstappen in qualifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was fired up. But holy crap, the amount of deg that the Alpines ran into was probably the highest that anybody saw because they ran those tires probably four or five laps where they're bleeding so much lap time just so they can do. A comfortable 30 lap stint on that now in terms of stops Ocon, they were very similar gasly stopped a little bit earlier gasly eases his hard tire in he, he, he goes very easy on the first five laps on his second stint Ocon just fucking hammers that thing i guess <laughs> and and guess who runs into shitloads of dag at the end of this race 
Oh, who runs into a loaded deck at the end of the race? Gasly. Gasly babied those hard tires on the way in, did a couple more laps onto them. But I mean, Gasly is bleeding lap time for the last probably 12 laps of the race. And the tire age difference between them was only, where we got 18. Yeah, it was only three laps different. So Gasly being told, you know, bring in the hards easily. And Ocon's just like, nah, I'm going to hit these things so freaking hard. They won't know. They won't even know. But yeah. What else we got? Signs, signs struggle to get past the uh, the stroll, the stroll and Mercedes kind of group there. And Signs just was kind of like stuck, couldn't couldn't make anything move through. And he's just, he's sitting in the Merc Aston train to the end of the race. Bummer. But um, Piastri, he struggles the, on his first. What's sorry, that? that was a delayed response. There, uh, but in regards to uh, Signs. Was it? He didn't get a brand. He didn't put a brand new engine in, did he? Or did he? I have no idea. Was it? I, I, th I think for the most part, a lot of people say that's like, oh, they've got a new engine, they'll have more power. I don't think the current Formula One engines have much power drop as a function of their lifespan. Um, he probably didn't fit a new new one. I but, wonder if they just put a, an old one in there, so maybe he was a little bit down on straight line speed or something. I don't know. I, I think it was just he, he didn't have that dog in him. Arr, arr. I, if you're in the if you're in the chat, there's Willow Creative who uh, made these awesome jackets. We gave you a big plug at the beginning of the episode. You go, girl. Uh, oh, by the way, Dan, what what number do you got? By the way, on your jacket, uh, I got thirteen. Dan, thirteen us, in honor of Pascal Maldonado. Nice. I don't know I if got you can a, see it that well. I just got P0 because that's yeah. how I feel right now. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Let's. Um, you guys were track stewards at Vegas, Toot Toot. Will I am. Thank you for the $2 super chat, bro. I appreciate that. No, I'm we're not just nobody. Vegas. I'm, I'm banned from Vegas, mate. Are you really? Yeah. I'd, oh, mate. Actual. I'd, yeah, I'd be like, uh, actually, to be, I've never actually been to Vegas. Oh, full fine. disclosure, but okay, I'd be like, yeah, um, what's his name out of the Hangover film? Yeah, and there'd the, be no the control, one. mate. You know, you'd find me at the in the fountain outside the Venetian or whatever. I'd just be, <laughs> yeah. Oh hell. hell! Yeah, someone said in the chat, the wife banned him. It's true. It's true. Mm. It's for my own good. Chat. It's for my own good. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, Archon, great drive, Stroll, great drive. Piastri, he struggled on his first hard stint, and he has to pit on lap 17 off a hard. And guess what he does? He fits another hard tire, which yeah. means he is commit to a two-stop at that point. And considering the timing of it all, he does not get to take advantage of that beautiful, beautiful safety car. So... You know, it's it's lap twenty seven ish when everybody pits for the safety car, and he basically ends up going out till lap forty four, and then pitting as soon as he's cleared. Like people are like, oh, why didn't they pit him sooner? They didn't pit Piastri sooner because he would have fallen into, I believe, Albon and Joe. So he pits late enough so that he clears them, and he comes back through and picks off Gasly, who's fucking dying a death on those <laughs> tires. But um. Honestly, looking at the, the clean air pace, at the point 
uh, after the second safety car, Piastri is on like a 20 something lap old hard tire and he's going quite quickly. He's faster than the Alpine of Ocon who finished fourth on an older tire, but he just has to stop again. I, th- I think realistically, uh, if the Mercedes were in clean air, they would have been a bit faster. The Alpine, the, the Aston's probably would have been a little bit quicker, but Piastri was not that slow. Piastri was third fastest team, fourth fastest team pace. And, you know, maybe the fourth fastest team was a tie between Mercedes and, and an Aston and them. But honestly, yeah, post race, Toto they weren't slow. With one of his, another one of his uh, phrases that uh, he reckons. We're like, not here to fuck they... spiders. What? That's what an Australian say? phrase. We're not here to fuck spiders. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I have no idea. Australian <laughs> people say it. <laughs> you can't sleep. You can't sleep with nine women and have a baby in a month or whatever. What the fuck was it that uh, Otmar said? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. Oh, God. That's it. We've reached a point in the podcast where it just all falls apart now. Well, so what did Toto say? Uh, sorry, yeah, he was like, he, I think he said like, oh, we could have got one of the cars on the podium. How, how uh, could you rate me that out of 10? Mr. Statsman analysis. How, how viable was it that you reckon they could have got that on the podium? Uh, if there were no other cars on the track. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what he meant to say. I mean. Fair enough. Uh, that. I don't know, looking at maybe they, they definitely can see better than I can what happened. But I mean, that's just one of those like super freaking empty things to say. It's like, yeah, we could have been on the podium today. It's like, yeah. I I, I think their pace yep. was okay. But if, if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. Yeah, exactly. Dude, awesome. <laughs> Dude, Will, I am. Thank you for the $5 super chat. I appreciate that, man. But um, I had, I had yeah, bro. They had unlimited food. Yeah, dude. I Vegas, I mean, that is a Vegas thing. Um, so we're not here to fuck spiders can be used as a reply to an obvious question. I've never heard that in my <laughs> life. Uh, wait, here's an example. Example two. Do you think we can win the championship, player, coach? Well, I'm not here to fuck spiders. There you go. I'm, that's now a canon event in my head that that's what Toto <laughs> said in the garage. Yeah, they were there to be on the podium, but were they going to be on the podium? I mean, if the race was completely different and they'd qualified, I've, I don't know. George, uh, all, all I can, Toto, we are not here to fuck spiders. Yeah, Apex Merchant confirms it's an actual saying. I I, I know Australian people. It's fine. Um. <laughs> So, performance notes from the race. Uh, Red Bull suffered and grained the medium early. The Claire, just as a result of the tire-destroying Ferrari, just sent it possibly. Cold tracks, cold smooth track playing to Ferrari's weaknesses, possibly? Or, or yeah, masking they sacrificed them. their entire year for this Vegas race to have the perfect tire operating window. Yeah. Except, hey, we're going to Vegas this year. Uh, we are checking... <laughs> stop inventing stop inventing um that's an interesting one but, but also max i think struggled struggled quite massively with um with graining on that the Al- the alpines got into super fucking huge deg because they're like nope we're making the one stop work uh perez had honestly great pace max was stronger on the final stint but the leclerc perez verstappen they were in the same gaggle if you will verstappen had front wing damage from the russell and 
there's some people saying it was a big factor and Max saying it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, Christian saying it wasn't that big of a deal. And the people that I have talked to that work on front wings suggest that front wing inplates on the current cars are not that important for performance. They are there for rules to keep you from trying to generate more outwash possibly, but yeah, front wing inplates are not really... That you're not gonna. I mean, you, yes, you probably will have lost a little bit of load, but it's like, ah, I lost a click of front wing. It'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, real quick, dude, thank you for the twenty dollar Canadian super chat, man. You absolute legend, legend. Uh, we we didn't see anybody do the uh, intermediate tires like the F one twenty three Strat. Just throw on some enters for the super grip. No, I feel a little bit let down by that. Mm. They missed. A, they missed a trick there. They did. Um. PS3's strategy ended up not working out, but it, he had good pace. They went from the worst car on Saturday to third or fourth fastest on Sunday. And they, I, I really feel like they downplayed their performance on Saturday to be like, we absolutely fucked this up. Like, oh, yeah, our car wasn't going to be that good. It's like, no, you guys actually fucked more. up. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand unless I've missed something and chronically they struggle with tire warm up, but it looks like they just didn't get the prep right. Um, championship standings, hey? hey. Uh, Mercedes lead Ferrari by four points, I do believe. Yikes. Yeah, I think that's, they do, yes. And going into the final race, we have a tie between, he says as he quickly Googles because he's already bloody Signs and Alonso. Yeah, that's what I said. Signs and Alonso for <laughs> fourth place. Um... Norris is only five points behind both of them as well. So if Norris has a stink oh, yeah, of a race, yeah. and Norris could steal P4. He's currently sitting P6. Oofed. Yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Had a good race on. Mm. That is now where we're at in the season. We are having to look further down the table for our battles because everything is pretty much decided. Yeah. So let's 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 round off the Las Vegas chat. I'll round it off. Right. You know what, mate? You do that. Yeah. The track, the show, rate everything. You shut the fuck up. I'm talking. No, you you shut up. Okay, I'll (laughs) shut up now. I'll shut up now, actually. Listen. Listen. Listen, right? I admit, I thought this was, this this whole Vegas thing was going to be a fucking disaster. I thought it was going to be... It was still cringy as hell. I'm not going to change my mind on that. It was cringy as hell, but it looked good. It wasn't that bad of a race. You know, I understand its purpose. It's one race a year. Fine. They need to yeah. make changes, I think. Some some slight tweaks and adjustments. Yeah. And I think this Probably. could be actually not a bad street circuit. I think... Uh, We've got we we've got overtaking. It is yeah. possible. It's the and, second know, most overtakes of the year. Believe it. Or I not. mean, because well, I mean, because there's a super long motherfucker straight. So if you can't overtake with a DRS powered car on a super long straight circuit, we've got some huge issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, it looked good in the telly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, fine, whatever. Um, some people are saying, oh. You know, if Vegas is on the track, what's the point of Monaco? I think that's a very different conversation. Like, look at it mm. this way. Vegas is new money. Monaco is old money. 
They can both coexist. And I don't actually like Monaco as a race circuit. I think it sucks balls, but... I hate Monaco as a race circuit. As an event and as a qualifying track, it should be a time trial event or something, honestly, because it's such... the, The event itself is very special. Yeah. 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 Why don't we sack off Miami? Yeah. And propose a new racetrack in the city heart of Milton Keynes. Nah, pass. Yeah, I think everybody's team delete Miami in here. Well, but um, bollocks to you. I'm going to bring back the Stevenage Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. In the in the fucking Tesco car park. Yeah, yeah, it's the traffic light Grand Prix. <laughs> so, I, I've got some concerns. I will put my hand up and say I was, I was thinking this place was going to be an entire shit show. The the weekend build up to it, qualifying for me. Because people were on split run plans, it was kind of an anticlimax. And it was just kind of like, okay. Like, I don't know. I, I, like, I was struggling to, like, the build wasn't there for me. I missed it. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough or something. But I was streaming it on YouTube. So I think it was there. I, the race was great. It was really enjoyable to watch. There was a lot of chaos. But at the same time, we have good races at Baku. Baku's kind of a shit track. Uh, it, make, it makes good races every now and then when you have safety cars. Right, so your your argument is overtaking doesn't necessarily make a good race. No, it doesn't. The narrative, the, the, the tension, the drama, the fact that we had a battle for the podium against a Red Bull and Leclerc, that made this race, honestly, for me. Um, we, you know, these unsung drives, our, our Ocon, our Lance Stroll, we heard nothing about that. People were just excited that it was a Ferrari racing a Red Bull. And honestly, if we had more Ferraris racing more Red Bulls, I'd be much happier. But just because the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix was a good race doesn't mean definitively that Las Vegas is a good racetrack. Right. I, I think it's quite soulless. I think it has a lot of benefits over some of the other street circuits that we go to. It wasn't bad. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to crap on it. I don't think it was... Bad. Uh, as Ollie Wright says in the chat, the out of order grid helped. Yes, the safety cars helped. Um, I'd like that there was a, a chase. There was the chase, and we focused on it. Okay, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, someone in the chat says the post race top three drive to Bellagio for interviews and then back taking five minutes each way was stupid AF. Yes, I agree. That was weird. It just looked back like in- they got into the back of an Uber. I was just like, what is going on? What kind of Ubers are you riding? Are you riding around in Rolls Royce Ubers? Yeah, well, Red Bull budget cap. Talk to it's me all it. about that, mate. It was me. It's it, mate. It was yeah, me. I get it. Uh, I thought it. I thought it was not bad, but I, I don't. Don't go out there and say Las Vegas is an amazing racetrack. But anyway, uh, no, I'm going to say Las Vegas is an amazing racetrack because I want to get an invite out there next year. Okay. I mean, it, it, it was a pretty good street circuit. I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that. We're going to big it up. We'll edit out all the bits of this podcast, 90% of it, where we slagged it off. Yeah, it's like, yeah, absolute Send it to, trash. Uh, Stefano. And then we'll say, listen, Stefano, we absolutely love Vegas. Could you send us out there next year? And then when we get out there, we'll do like the hangover part four or whatever. You know, that being said, though, I do really love the track so you can wake up out of your hotel and walk to the circus. Singapore was like that. Um, I'm sure Miami's like that for, or is Miami's kind of in a car park, isn't it? 
This is stadium, the stadium and the car Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody's anyway. There, there's there's a place there's a place for Vegas, I think, but it does. I'm kind of wondering, Miami, like, how are you gonna like? Yeah, let's let's do this. We'll go out there uh, next year, and my wife's watching, so this will this will this will cause an issue. But you know, why don't we uh, get married in the pit lane at Vegas, Blake? No, I'm all right, mate. Is that allowed in the state of Nevada? Are we allowed to do that? No, I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> they'll throw quarters at you from the slot machines. Uh, I'll be like, yes, this is my podcast host and life partner. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get on. Let's, you know what time it is, I think? Oh, hit the button. Uh, fraud watch is where we put somebody on blast we're gonna absolutely roast them um we've got lots of repeat offenders the fia ferrari have been on there quite a bit uh devries was, was on there a lot before we can we, we'll, we'll have a tally up to, at this at the end of the season but um who's your fraud watch for las vegas um Liberty Media or F1 or whoever's responsible for making all the fans hang around until 10 minutes before FP2 and then saying, oh, actually, sorry, you can't watch this, bye. And then giving them a fucking gift voucher. Like, I'm sorry for your trouble. Here's a gift voucher. We look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah. Shove it up your ass. Yeah, you guys get absolutely effed in the A. Shitters, honestly. Uh, I was going to do FI, F1 from the oh, sorry, one media. I steal that from you. I didn't look. But uh, I'm going to steal Willow's answer. I'm going to go with McLaren and qualifying. Yeah. I was sad to see that because I want, God, I want to see them fucking winning, man. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Lando and, and Oscar fucking dope. Um, I don't know. I, I think, yeah. Formula One has to be on Fraud Watch. But what about the next bit where we, we, we're going to take the negativity Ooh. away and we're going to... Oh, you think who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Are you a good boy? Oh, for God's sake. I've just seen who you've put and you've stolen it from me. Uh, that's all right. So, no, no, no. This means I have to do it. For, no, you know, if one mine. has an agenda against it's a certain mine. driver... Right. This is, this is mine. You can't take this one. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it from you. Listen. Okay. Okay. Everyone has an agenda for no reason against a certain driver, right? I'm still Can't angry at Esteban Ocon for crashing into Max in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so many years and I'm still not over it. Hey, he was fully in the right to unlap himself, but I don't give a shit. I'm still really fucking angry about it. Hmm. <laughs> So, so, uh, so it pains me, chat listeners. This really pains me to say that my good boy for this weekend was Esteban Ocon. Uh, 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 he pisses me off sometimes, but maybe it's maybe it's because he does. Like I know I try not to be biased, but I you can't like 
I can't remove my biases. It's not possible to fucking pluck them out of my head. But but he just fucking winds me up on the track. Everybody that worked with him at Aston or at, at Force India said he was the loveliest dude. Nobody enjoyed working with Veiline when he was testing. And then an SD Bestie comes along and he's an absolute freaking lad. Then, but he just pisses me off all the time now. <laughs> Uh, it's like, you know, you have a grudge against people for no reason for something yeah, that happened yeah. like eight years ago. Yeah, and that's me and Ocon. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, uh, my my good boy of the week is Lance Stroll. He didn't have a great qualifying. Race start, keeps his nose clean, and he gets the most out of that, honestly. Good drive. And he, he last season, last season, he was a demon on race starts and restarts. He genuinely was a demon on race starts and restarts this season. Not so much, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's my engine mode good boy. We've, we've got I feel some big character growth from me and you. That was. Oh, I'm still an asshole. Yeah, it's true. I'll still I'll still hold a grudge against him. The Good Boy Awards go into the drivers the least number of stands this week. Who, which driver do you think has the least number of stands? Who are you asking me? Yeah, who do you think? Mate, I've got more followers than Logan Sargent on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stat. That's a stat that I'm proud of. Oh my god! No way. Not not nobody gives a fuck though. Seriously. That being said, right, there was. Something and I, I it's, it's there's a Danica Patrick was like, you know, Logan's relatively unknown in the US because he didn't come up here. And somebody was like, What the fuck is Danica on about? And I'm like, She's spot on, she does have a very good point. He basically was like, Hi, my name's Florida Man, I'm going to Europe to race some Formula cars, and I'll see you guys in Formula Ones later. Like, who the fuck is Logan Sargent? Yeah, so he didn't he didn't do any in American series, like you say. He just went to Europe and yeah. So you know she does talk a lot of shit, Danica, Which one? and she's she is she and me and her have been drinking from the same cough medicine bottle. <laughs> I think with some of the conspiracy theories she's did got. You, did you see the clip this weekend of her saying something and Jensen just losing? He's like, blink twice if you need help. Vibes, yeah. yeah. Say save our boy Jensen. He's he's he is a national treasure. We need we do need to take care of him. Um, I think it's time for the next segment. Do you have a button to press? Oh, you're gonna get, damn you're gonna it. Guess it. Uh... Oh my god! Two for two. Random fandom. Uh, Bum. Random fandom is because we get accused of our biases so often because Red Bull used to pay for our, our food and stuff. Um, we have to pick another team every week and uh, m- almost every week and uh, do a report card about them and be honest and be truthful and be constructive. Uh, so we're going to pick our teams that we're going to do mm. our random fandom for next week. Yeah. For the last, uh, last one of the season. Hmm. Who wants to go first, you or me? Spin it for me. Oof. You can go first. We'll spin it for you. Give me Ferrari. Oh, nah, mate. Oh, Williams. Okay. W. Yeah. Yep, I'll go with Williams. I'm happy for that. 
Give it a little spin for me. Ooh. Controversial. Alpha God. Tauri. Uh, you've had them a couple times, haven't you? I think so, yeah. The Why don't we do- team that's going to be named Minardi next year? It's been it's been rumored that it's going to be called like Racing Bulls. I think is what's on Twitter. It's such a garbage like zero it's effort better, went into that. It's better than Scuderici Alpha Tortellini, though, isn't it? Just fucking make a Minardi again. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> um, right. Let's like let's talk like I think we need to do a fraud watch season recap and an engine mode good boy season recap as well. Yeah, and we've got to do our end of season awards as well. Ooh, how do those work again? I do a Google form and people vote on it. Ah, uh, yeah. I will prepare and, that and put that in next the Abu Dhabi show notes. Oh hell yeah! You'll so have that'll to get be tuxedo out again. Oh shit, yeah, dude, that didn't fit last year. That was really uncomfortable. No, my a silver sequin jacket didn't fit at all. Like, <laughs> that is not going to fit this year either. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's amazing. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back. We'll, we'll do a Abu Dhabi recap episode, maybe have a week off, uh, do our awards, end of season awards show. And, uh, you know what, you guys... I hope you guys had an awesome time uh, enjoying the podcast. Be sure to join us on YouTube next time. We post um, it live. You'll see us posting usually on Twitter and Instagram. We've been a little bit lax with that, but hey, hey. Well, That's uh, because I forgot the Instagram login. Oh, yeah. I And I I can't be asked to do much social media. I'm fighting people on Twitter today. Right, good. We're selling it and we're doing really well here. <laughs> and uh, do be sure if you wanted to dig more into the data behind Formula One, check out buymeacoffee.com front slash break. That's B-R-R-R-A-K-E. And we will we'll see you guys there. But um, you guys have a good week. I am not going to be doing qualifying watch along on Break F1 on YouTube this weekend. I'll just be doing the race. I need a break. I'm going to go drink some nice beers in London with my girlfriend. And uh, we'll be back for Sunday. And then uh, probably Monday or Tuesday next week, we'll be back with episode 44, the review of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Yeah. So um, I supported my local butcher <gasps> the other day. I got some nice pork ribs and I smoked you them did. on my Traeger. You guys make sure, support your local butcher, stay out of trouble. And uh, yeah. yeah you got anything else to say? Um, me- measure your cold and flu medicine. Don't just eyeball it, because <laughs> I now have to go lay down in the dark room. He's like, is that one or two bottles I'm supposed to have? Yeah. Oh. There's been several instances throughout this podcast where I've forgotten where I am. <laughs> Bye.